Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. One more time, it's Thursday, April 7th, 2022, with Tristan Happy Cockroft. I am Eric Carabell, and the great Kyle Soppy is our producer. Today is opening day in Major League Baseball, but it's also closing day for the Fantasy Focus Baseball podcast. I read this prepared statement from ESPN Management on Monday. I will do so again right now. The Fantasy Focus Baseball podcast will be ending as a standalone podcast effective opening day. That is today. Kyle Tristan and I are as disappointed as you are that we will not be able to go through the season with you, but we are very thankful for the many years, myriad years, we've spent with you in this capacity. Our written content will continue to be featured on ESPN.com and in the ESPN Fantasy app. And Tristan, as always, will help you win your fantasy leagues. That's not changing. We do ask that you please subscribe to the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney and his many terrific guests. Tristan, I will miss you the most. We're going to talk news on today's show. There's been a big trade this morning, breaking news between the Twins and the Padres, and certainly glad that I have Robert Suarez everywhere. That worked out well. And we have lots of hash browns that Kyle will read later on, and we have thank yous to make. Uh, And I want to thank you, first first and foremost. I mean, you're my friend, and we've been doing this more than a decade. I don't even know when we started. When they, when they gave us the show and um, I don't know what year it was, but I've been doing podcasts at ESPN for more than 20 years and I will miss it, but I will miss you. Um, please tell me your thoughts. Oh boy. I I'm getting the Facebook memories eight years ago of the week that I did the veggie only. So I know it's at least eight years. <laughs> uh, Cause that was either the first or the second, I don't know, but it's been a long time. And I mean, we could speak about how we, <laughs> We can speak about things for a while. Um, I usually riff. I'm not going to riff. I'm going to read a little bit because I feel I can do better with writing down my thoughts than anything. Um, all marginally better than replacement things, uh, level things must come to an end. Uh, the outpouring of support and appreciation from you, the listeners, has been touching. Uh, often it's been emotional and that's good. It makes you human, just like we are. We're emotional about it too. And it's entertaining you, the listeners, is all I've ever aimed to do. I'll summarize mine with this. I'm sorry that we won't get to continue on this ride together, but worry not. You're still going to hear from me. I'm difficult to keep quiet, as you can tell with this. Um, I want to offer my thanks to Matthew Barry and Nate Ravitz. They started the show so many years back as baseball only. They built it up into the big thing that it is. They graciously invited us as guests and ultimately part-time co-hosts so many years ago. And then they generously and supportively passed us the proverbial, proverbial baton to lead this great thing that they started. Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader, the pers- first producer we knew, uh, whose great sense of humor and willingness to fight for the good of the show I've not forgotten. Stefania Bell, kind, friendly, and always generous of her time. Happy to be there for us on the show or offline anytime. Daniel Dopp, our longtime producer, but even now, despite his many duties at ESPN, a staunch supporter of the show behind the scenes. A.J. Mass and David Schoenfield, the Lenny Harris of our show. Got to get a baseball reference in there, but also good friends and show supporters behind the scenes. Our many, many other guests over the years, the too many to list, and I wouldn't want to forget anybody individually here besides. I've been reaching out to each of you with my thanks, and I'm going to keep doing so as my memory allows for, for all of you. There's too many. Uh, Pierre Bequet, Pete Genesini, everyone else behind the scenes who kept the show running for more than uh, the decade plus that it's been. I think it's been at least a decade plus, Eric, you and I. Again, so many more that I could name. Sorry if I'm not listing anybody individually. But now, most importantly, Kyle Sapi, 
I'd say you're the best podcast utility man on the planet, but I feel like that's undercutting my gratitude. So I'm a math guy. And so all I know it's, uh, it's that 110% is mathematically impossible. As far as how much of yourself you pour into absolutely everything you do, if anyone could make 110% of that possible, it'd be you. Keep being awesome. Eric Harabell, not just longtime co-host, but best friend in this crazy biz. You're the one who invited me to do all this 18 years ago. I say it often. You're a machine. I admire your mastery at the show and every project we've worked on. But most importantly, you get me. You're always there for me. And I thank you for being you. And now, I have a gift for you. It's a tune to get things started. One last time. And if we get this right, we're going to teach them how to say goodbye. You and I. I'm killing Hamilton here, but hey, it was worth a shot. <laughs> Dear Lord, he's singing. Okay. Yeah. You know, you, have, you know I have to get a last tune in here. I mean, that's, it wouldn't be me otherwise. I, I want you to sing five more times on this show today. Oh, um, I can try. If you, you, it's only by request at this point. <laughs> it wouldn't be a show otherwise. Uh, okay. Well, I, I thank you. You're too kind. Let's let's talk baseball and then see yep. where it goes. Um, All right, let's do it. Taylor Rogers is now a member of the San Diego Padres. I mean, we have to help people on this show. It can't, can't just be a goodbye. Taylor Rogers was traded this morning from Minnesota, San Diego. Chris Paddock, who San Diego obviously wanted to get rid of, is now speaking of getting rid of, is now a twin. Um, I assume that Taylor Rogers gets the saves for a very good San Diego team. And if and if you rostered Robert Suarez, you're out of luck. And who gets the saves in Minnesota? I mean, that's another question. Alcala? So, you know, wise winner of fantasy, you say, I don't, I assume Rodgers gets the saves and I don't know about Minnesota now, but what do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting trade on so many levels. Uh, So I did write this for the closer chart blurb that the only reason I defend Suarez now and as a week one play, and if you play the four days, is that because he's he's been with the team, there's travel involved, getting him onto the roster, et cetera, et cetera, and getting started. It wouldn't surprise me to see him get the first save chance, and if he's good, that he keeps it in what's advertised to committee. But I'm with you that Rodgers has the skills to close. He's got the experience, and injuries were the only obstacle last year. So I do think he's got a leg up in that competition. But Suarez could still be involved if they do co. And in Minnesota, uh, not quite the same. I think that this now drops the bullpen back into the committee style that Rocco Beldelli always likes. Uh, you got Tyler Duffy there. You got Jorge Alcala, who is a, a very popular sleeper choice for saves. Pagan, Emilio Pagan himself could be a factor in that, but I think they'll shuffle it around. That might be a kind of a Seattle style bullpen. I could see that. I think Rogers, if you're in an NL only, you got to get him right now. That could be 25 saves in Minnesota. You just have to wait. Is there anything there with Chris Paddock? He may push Bailey Ober out of the rotation. Who would you rather have this season? Bailey Ober or Chris Paddock? That is a great question because I like Ober and he's got skills that are high floor and that has a lot of value in a rotation, but Paddock could be something special. And the way I'm hoping to see it is that Paddock bumps and fills the spaces that Chris Archer perspective injuries will have. It's possible Paddock goes right in the rotation in his case because Archer might not be built up enough to be a full starter. He could be a piggyback kind of guy. I'd rather have Ober. I think there's more safety. How about you? 
I think Ober is safe. I think Paddock has the upside. Um, yeah, isn't that fair? And I think they'll unlock his they'll unlock his full potential. The people are going to say, "Well, Paddock had all, all those issues in San Diego the past two years, injuries." Yes, I don't think he was fully allowed to let his pitch selection speak, and I think he will in Minnesota. Who would you rather roster this season, Austin Meadows or Josh Lowe? Because Meadows was traded to Detroit during the week opening up a spot for Lowe, the rookie who was a 2020 guy last season. Um, I think that's a legitimate question. Who would you rather have? It is. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer Meadows. I like Lowe. I know you like Lowe a lot. Great upside. Uh, you're, I think you're clearly in every draft getting him later. And maybe that's smarter. You just wait on the lesser guy with a, with a similarly high ceiling. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, you can't wait, okay, because obviously the season's starting today. But like, is Austin Meadows is is Josh Lowe going to play? Is he going to play enough? He's on the roster. You would think that they would play him, but how? Like, is he the it, right fielder? <laughs> I I I think they're going to find ways. The way that they have with Randy Arosarena and uh, Manuel Margot, they move them around based on the mixing and matching of the lineup that the Rays do best. But he's the lefty here, so he complements guys like that fine. That they led him off in that Rays-Phillies game where the Phillies hit like 3,000 home runs the other day spoke a lot to their confidence in him now that Meadows is gone. I think he might be the leadoff hitter against all right-handed pitchers. By the way, Vidal Brujan uh, playing third base at AAA. Uh, Yandy mm. Diaz is not going to get his, in his way. I think Brujan's up this month. Um, was yeah. there anything... Diaz is a great complimentary matchup yeah, guy. Yeah, he's like a, you know, not no power... Uh, first, third, DH. I think mm-hmm. Ruan's going to be special. So many rookies made rosters. It's so exciting. I wrote about that today. I like, love it. Yeah. It's not just Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez. It's the Reds guys, the lefty and the righty, Lodolo and Green. And and, and don't worry about O'Neill Cruz. He'll be up soon enough. There's just, it's such an exciting time for rookies right now. Um, anyway, anything else happened since our last show? Those are the only two uh, trades of import that I could see. The fact that Bryce Harper homered twice yesterday, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I know a lot of people saw drafts this weekend, and we're going to help you with that. Jordan Hicks is now a St. Louis Cardinals starter. I didn't see that coming. Um, Cleveland. Yeah, make up your mind, Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, I thought he might close, and now he's starting. He still could close. Is there anything there? I'm wondering whether it's more that they don't have confidence in the fifth man and their other starters pitching deep in games. So they want to have six to seven options and take the final three spots, including him in a rotational thing with the piggybackers. I'm not, I'm not buying yet. I just don't think he has the durability. He certainly doesn't over the course of his career to, to stand out. I mean, when do we see Jack Flaherty again? I don't know. May, oh, June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, did you see Cleveland giving uh, Jose Ramirez all that money? I didn't see that coming. Good for them. Doesn't By the way, that's still it's still a, a Cleveland favorable contract. It is team and, friendly. It's team it, friendly. It also doesn't imply that he can't get traded. He still could get traded. Mm-hmm. In fact, yep. he might be more tradable now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? He's locked into a very team friendly long term deal that almost any other any other squad could absorb into their budget with no problem. Amazing player. I mean. It's not that bad. It's, it's really not a bad team at all. They're competitive. Decent lineup. What At this point, what rankings changes are you still making? 
Um, is it about people making the team? Is it about lineups? Is it about health? Because and we're going to continue to do rankings all season, I assume, right? Um, I don't know yep. for sure. No yeah, we have, we have. But um, yes, yeah, so we'll continue to update rankings. Tristan does the points league rankings. That's ESPN standard, just because it is. I don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but it is because it's more popular, I assume. And I do roto because I'm the dinosaur. Um, and we'll update the rankings from time to time, maybe every week. What? Um, so what do you change your rankings for? What does it take? All of the above you just mentioned, but mostly now it's about roster decisions. So, you know, like, for example, by the way, can we ever get a call on CJ Abrams? Is he making the Padres or is he not making the Padres? That would really help as a guy who's doing rankings. I think he's making. I know he is, but but like make the announcement already. Everyone else did get get involved in the excitement. What is he? (laughs) What is he to you for statistically? Because I was writing about him and then I I, I don't know if I can because I'm not sure he's making the team. Like, is he just a stolen base guy? Is he going to bat 280? Does he have any power? I mean, I can't believe if he makes a team, he wouldn't be the regular shortstop. Then he played right field the other day. So what is C.J. Abrams? He's Akil Badu on the high end from last year, Mm. or he's Vidal Brujan's first promotion from last year on the low end. And I really don't know the answer to that, but I think that's what Abrams contributes. I don't think he's Tatis. Remember, Tatis made the team in similar circumstances. Abrams could make the team and be that while Tatis is out. But I just, I don't think the ceiling reaches quite those levels. That's why I throw Badu as a more reasonable if everything went perfectly. Don't you think? I do. Um, who did you rank better in your dynasty rankings between Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez? I'm, cu- I'm curious. Witt. And that's uh, partially I'd rather have the infielder. I don't actually, I can't even make you the strong case as to why on that one. Um, and I did do it a little bit more based on what I thought was proximity to the majors. I, I really think, I, I just think a little bit better of will skill uh, of wits skills. So for like Philly slang, you want wit with. By the way, you're the one who taught me the proper etiquette for cheesesteak, so that you get a big thank you for that as well. <laughs> yeah, like a silly thank you, but one nevertheless. If you want cheese, it's 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 whiz wit, whiz wit, wit the onions that are wit. Um, mm-hmm. Don't ask to have it cut in half. That's handicap. No, don't. No. Um, you know, you got to order the cheesesteak correctly. Yeah, um, short, sweet, to the point, with the terminology. You should yep. come down to Philly. They've really upgraded some of the uh, the food. They have this Ooh. like Ryan Howard chicken sandwich that I really re- want to try and turkey legs. I still have that picture. We should tweet it out. I haven't tweeted all week. Yeah. I, I wasn't allowed to tweet, but like, I want to see the picture of you with the big, the, the turkey leg. It's huge. That's, I think it was from a Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs game, right? And I'm trying to remember which one it was. You have one of me and my wife took one of me that we used in a column. Or she got credit for that <laughs> on the story. You so should be wearing ago. your turkey leg t-shirt right now. We're on squad. Quest. I know. Yeah. Uh, a little cold and rainy. It's um, actually slightly too big for me. The turkey leg t-shirt. I was trying to find in, uh, in January a, a smaller one, but I couldn't. So you're, have you and, and 50% of all baseball players are in the best shape of their lives. Yeah. And this year I'm not lying. And by the way. <laughs> I'm eating a whole cookie after the show. You can't stop me. Uh, I applaud you. Kyle, yeah. I got nothing else. Just, just do like whatever the, the listeners want. Hash browns. We should remind, if you're listening to the show, obviously, it's supposed to be hashtags, but for some reason I said hash browns on a show and it stuck and, yep. you know, it, it was worth it. But Kyle's the hash better browns today. make the show. 
The hash browns absolutely make well, the show. The we've we've got to dig deep. This, you know, yep. look, like I could say the show is about you and me. It wasn't. It was about the people who listen to the show. And I can't believe the outpouring of support this week. So many people, people, that, <laughs> people that don't even play fantasy baseball were listening to our show. People in the industry that I thought couldn't stand me, they they tweeted me or texted me. Like, I, I'm, I'll do this later. But Kyle, um, oh lots of gosh, hash browns. Kyle, you tweeted the picture. <laughs> I retweeted the picture. It's got to be, it's got to yeah. resurface. So Tristan Turkey Leg is out there in the Twitterverse. Eric mentioned it. This show's nothing without the listeners. Otherwise, it's just three idiots talking baseball. <laughs> and, you know, that would make all of us They should have named it that. They should have yeah, named it that. Yeah, that'll be the spinoff. But, um, yeah. Oh, like boy. you said, I mean, we couldn't do it without you guys. Tom the Intern is one that sticks out. Obviously, he's been there through everything. Yes. He's helped us. I guess he's going to have to intern somewhere else or he graduated or however internships work. I never really had a fake internship before, but just to give a shout out to a few others that I saw within the feed that were saying nothing but nice things. And it was really overwhelming just to feel the support. Like we knew you guys were out there and we don't do it for that. We try to help you guys. And it just, it just struck such a chord. Every one of you to just, make us part of your Mondays and Thursdays for an hour a day. It's not like we're here for hours on end or, you know, making life decisions here. We're helping you with fake baseball teams, but it's, we have as much fun, if not more than you guys do. So Stephen L, John H, Jake H, Colin W, Chris W, Jared W, Matt M, Matt S, Mark L, Ariel, U of Mike, Nick P, Spider Phil, Zach K, Ross N, Luke M, Seth, Greg, Ariel, Show, John F, and Cody Gwentz, all of you guys, just to show your support. And there's a million others. Those were just a few I wanted to thank specifically for their nice words. It's been a hell of a run. It just has been. And you guys have been there every step of the way. And we can't thank you enough. So for one last time, let's try to get you guys some answers here. Jason, AL only. Is it crazy to think Odor can hit 25 bombs this season? The first hash brown on our last show is Rubenet Odor. <laughs> the first question of the decade to go to. That question stinks. I mean, <laughs> a lot of fight in that question. Um, no, uh, not, oh, man. not crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, the Orioles are going to have a bunch of 25 home run guys. Mullins, Mountcastle, Santander. I picked up Mancini in the league the other day. I have him a couple places. Austin Hayes. I don't think Jorge Mateo will do it, but I think he'll run. They'll, they'll score some runs. They won't prevent any runs. But Odor, 230 with 25 home runs? Sure. Why de- Why not? It's a day of optimism. So, you know what? Do the Orioles have the optimism in Rugnet Odor that the Yankees did when they picked him up? Because the Yankees threw him right in there as the cleanup man. And I know they had injuries, but Anybody I don't know. Anybody has that kind of optimism in Rugnet Odor. Isn't, isn't that weird? By the way, we should mention with the, the Camden Yards fence changes, none to right field. Nice for him. Like he's a fly ball guy in a ballpark good for power. Yeah, it should help. I think we talked too much about Rudin Odor. Next. I think we did that when I asked the question. Jim, <laughs> yeah. Suzuki or Julio Rodriguez in a keeper roto league, five by five. Oh, Julio. I assume that's Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez. I don't I you know what? I don't know what to make of Suzuki yet. I was just gonna say that. I I, I yeah. think, you know, like like I told you, I I'm going to either regret or love the fact that I took Jeremy Pena over Seiya Suzuki in an important dynasty. Um, you know, I, I emailed the commission afterward. He's like, no, I would have taken Suzuki. I, and then 10 minutes later, I was like, I should have taken Suzuki. But 
I, you know, the art of the unknown, Jeremy Pena. We don't know. Suzuki, we kind of feel we know, but we don't know. I don't know. That's my answer. I, mm-hmm. I, I would tell you, I, I think it's definitely Julio Rodriguez. I'd be stunned if Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt struggled this year. I'd be stunned. I think they are locks. And I know I said that a year about, about Kelnick and Andrew Vaughn, but I don't care. I'm saying it again. That's strong to call them locks. I like it though. I, I agree. I think they're going to be really, really good, but like second round picks it's... next year, they could be second round picks they, next season. They absolutely, as a matter of fact, if, or first, if Witt, Why can't Witt be Trey Turner. Be, yeah. Witt could become the new Trey Turner quicker than Trey Turner did it. You're, you're absolutely That's right. That's an excellent point. Yeah. But the, the, it's just the rookie thing. It like, the adjustment to the major leagues hits randomly across prospects. So we just never know. Locke is a little strong to me, but I love it. I love the the prediction. Um, they're eight years and four months apart in age. If there's any sort of keep forever, no penalty kind of thing, that swings it monstrously in the direction of the younger player too. Of course, I also took Nelson Cruz and Adam Wainwright in that dynasty league. I'm sorry. Actually, I think they're six, <laughs> they're six years and four months. The people that I was stealing players from, because I was the expansion team, were like, why would you take Adam Wainwright and Nelson Cruz? And I didn't want to answer. And I know none of them would ever listen to this show. But like after like the first round, I was like, I can win this. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. I can win this now. Let's go. You thought I was crazy, but I, 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 I can. Anyway, next. Craig wants to know who leads baseball in RBI opportunities this season. Ooh. Certainly not That's Bryce a- Harper. You know, Bryce Harper was like 20th in like that category last year. You want to know why I didn't knock an 100 runs? That's why I didn't. Nobody was ever on base because their leadoff hitter didn't get on base. This year's RBI leader, I mean, Vlad is, is an easy pick, right? I mean, Toronto's going to have men on base all the time. Yes. Vlad is amazing. I mean, I don't – I guess Juan Soto. Who's Washington's leadoff hitter? Better not be Alcides of Escobar. I mean, Cesar Hernandez is not going to get on base enough. So it's Juan Cesar Soto, Hernandez. Then, then it can't be Juan Soto. Um, right. You know, I mean, that stinks. Let me see about other reasons. I've got a sleeper for you. Oh, I want to hear I, it. Actually, you can take your pick, but I'm going to throw Anthony Rendon because if, if mm. he and the entirety of the top four of that lineup stays healthy, I don't feel any different about Rendon's RBI opportunity than I did coming into each of the past two seasons. That's a really good top of the lineup. Uh, yes, I can see that. I think Jordan Alvarez is right there. Um, as an option too. The problem with Rendon is you almost need 150 games to win this stat, right? Which he could do. Like last year was just one of those sure. years. Yeah. First one for him. And sleeper, the guy you would not think. Sleeper. Yeah. Do you want to know last year's leader with batting with men on base? I do. Raphael Devers led with 483 base runners on base when he came to the plate. That was leading by 19 over Josh Bell. That's crazy because Juan Soto's always on base. Well, Trey Turner also played four months Half of the year season. ahead of him. Devers batted second a lot, didn't he? How does he have all that? Devers also bounces based on the lefty righty thing between second and either fifth or sixth. So that's interesting where, to where see. Where was him. Harper? 20th? <laughs> Harper was. Uh, oh, that? He was 90. Uh, tied for 97th with Michael Conforto with 326. The top 10 for you were Devers, Bell, Joe, uh, Jose Abreu, Matt Olson, Pete Alonso, Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley, Salvador Perez. A catcher. Wow. That's another, that's a volume thing for him, but still. Mm-hmm. Could Perez be up there again? The top. Absolutely. Order, so. Well, if Wits, well, Wits not a big 
on base. It's all about getting on base. Like managers still don't know this. It's it, when he's know, on but, base, he's on second base. <laughs> it's it's mostly tied to PAs. The leaders and PAs are pretty common, but Bell having five sixty eight is an unusual occurrence there. And Alvarez, Alvarez a five ninety eight. We should think Astros. He was Bizarro Bryce Harper. He was the opposite way. Yeah, Bryce Harper. All right, Eric wants to know after all these years, what does the H in Tristan H Cockroft stand for, and what's his favorite geeky stat of the day of all time? <sighs> Oh my gosh. Do I really answer that? <laughs> I, I think you're contractually um, obligated. Oh, oh I, I'm contractually obligated this time. So no, I drew a comics, I drew a comic strip in college and I decided when I started it, that the last one I was going to reveal what the H was. Cause the joke was I signed it off by Tristan H. Cockroft and the H was always for something new and ridiculous each week. So that was there. And that also happened on the show. And in the last comic, I did admit that the H actually stands for Henning. It is my mother's maiden name. And it's it your middle name? Yeah. Hmm? And it's your middle name. That part is, it is accurate. It is my middle name, yes. We're big on passing the family names on. My my daughter's name is uh, my great-grandmother's name as well. There we nice. go. And what about Did the you know geeky... I, he's told me what it was, and I, I just forget all the time. I, <laughs> I, I just... I, I like to think it's happy. You know, I... Sure. I convinced myself. I convinced myself that your middle initial stood for happy. I think a lot of people did, and I like. See, I like when we when we make the H something that it's not really, but I also the genuine part has to come out. Like I, in the last comic, I did that, so it might as well be the last show. I say what it really was, uh, or or a heated yeah. chicken parm sandwich because you can't eat it cold. It's got to be hot. And no, by the way, this is not one of those ridiculous Facebook things where I'm giving away passwords of mine because I don't use my names and passwords. <laughs> I do it the smart way. <laughs> uh, uh, you, geeky stat. Yeah, we used it when we, when we used to sound pre No, I, it's you. It's your thing. I mean, we had sounds in the show pre-pandemic when Kyle could go to the office, and um, I miss all those sounds. And then you started singing, and it was better. So I think you should sing the geeky stat of the day right now. Oh, it's the geeky stat of the day. Holy something. It's, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the the, the Scooby-Doo <laughs> line that was there. The geek has gone berserk. It's the geeky stat of the day. Oh gosh. I don't even know what the best geeky stat would be. That's it's a good question. It was probably something about pitch selection things. What was the old Mark Simon's like ridiculous stat of the day or like something? Yeah. Ridiculous stat of the day. Yep. He was one of the people that I used to host the show with. He now he he has a podcast and we don't. How about that, Mark? <laughs> you win. You and everybody else. The pressure, win. Mark. <laughs> well, now, now we can go on his show. Um, that's the good thing. Uh I don't remember the best geeky stat, but you did a great job with geeky stats over the years and Tommy intern as well. Like just fantastic work. Um so thank you. they they were always fun to do. I just like them to be spur of the moment. I can't really I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I'd have to go back and look them up. <laughs> We ended one mystery with that question. We'll start another. My middle name also starts with an H, and we're not going to reveal it right now, so that'll have to be a mystery for another podcast for another day. H <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. Dan wants to know, O'Neill Cruz or Spencer Torkelson in redraft? It has to be Torkelson because he's up now. But if I told you O'Neill Cruz is up in two weeks, wouldn't you take Cruz? He can run. He has a little bit more upside. We view, or maybe I view, Torkelson as like Andrew Vaughn, a 30-100 first baseman. And in a year, Vaughn's playing first for the White Sox. Torkelson, 
maybe not 30, 100 right away, but that's what he is. You know, no speed, not, not going to win a batting yeah. title. We view O'Neill Cruz, I think, as like maybe the most upside of anybody, like Witten Rodriguez. I mean, that is a shortstop who, who with power, with speed, like a 30-30 guy. And he'll be up soon, I think, this month. If I told you O'Neill Cruz comes up in two weeks, would you take him over Torkelson for this year? In two, if it was in two weeks, no, I, I still wouldn't. But but I like where you're going here. That he could be the valuation comp for Jazz Chisholm's 2021. He can deliver homers. He can deliver steals. Not quite the same balance. O'Neill Cruz is much better in power, and I think it's a little bit less in steals. The difference is much worse ballpark for his power. Well, maybe it's not much, but it's worse. It's noticeably worse to me. And Pittsburgh's offense just stinks. And Detroit's could be something. And I think they're both going to play every day once they're up. So I'm going to take the guy in the lineup that I think is a little better. They turn it over more and more RBI opportunities. It's like the Pirates missed the memo. You don't have to do the Chris Bryant thing with O'Neill Cruz, you idiots. Just promote him now. You get picks. You get the extra bonus picks for it. They're so it. dumb. But that's the Pirates, you know, Pirates, Orioles, you name it. Like, you know, mm. you got to have bad organizations to balance out the good ones or else you'd have parity. You'd have the NFL, which is great. And you want that. I, I just don't mm-hmm. understand why some owners in baseball just don't spend money, don't get the rules, whatever. It doesn't matter. Somebody's at my door. <laughs> They're coming to take me away. They're coming to take me away. Finally. They're coming to take me away. Ha-ha. They're coming to take me away. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, next. Ricky wants to know if you had to pick somebody to be this season's Freddie Peralta, who you got? Looking at somebody that's likely undrafted. It's worth a look given their high. Michael Kopech, but he's being drafted. But you want strikeout potential in limited innings. That could be the guy because he's going to strike everybody out. But 160 innings, I doubt. I'm trying to think of, but Peralta last year threw enough innings to matter. He did. Yep, absolutely. I like that. Kopech Kopech fits the description very well. He's being drafted. In most leagues, I believe. Peralta was two, though. Peralta was definitely one on the radar. So it's it's somebody within the draftable tier. So we got to find an off-the-radar um, strikeout guy. Oh. Don't say Severino, the, please. No, the stuff if, if stuff has to click, and that is the control, but Tristan McKenzie could be that type. He misses bats within the same ballpark of Peralta. Okay. Uh, Josiah Gray? How about, how about Mets opening day starter Tyler Miguel? What a weird sentence that lead-in was. Valuation comp maybe, but I don't know that the Ks are the same as Peralta. Strikeout guy. Not quite to that level, though. But yeah, I see your point. Oh, that. my best friend Nick Pavetta. No, can't go there. <laughs> Lance McCullers. Patino. Patino could be. Okay. I can see that. Hmm. Could Lazardo do it? Decent spring. Post hype. Yeah, Clevenger, Clevenger could do it, like with 15 yep. good starts and a, and a million yep. strikeouts. And, and I mean, ultimately, rookie Hunter Green could if he sticks. <laughs> oh, that, Hunter Green's actually a good one because he's going to strike. He's going to get so many strikeouts, but not win games. He's not going to go deep enough into games, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Seven strikeouts and four and a third kind of guy. <laughs> he's going to be Blake Snell with run prevention. <laughs> how about that and 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 non-limited pitch counts he's, he's gonna be him without the uh 85 pitches but only three and two-thirds innings 
something like that. All right, next. Penn is on the search for cheap steals after Miles Straw. Who you got? I don't think Miles is all that cheap anymore. Nope. Definitely not. Uh, where are my projections so I can tell you which I like of these? I feel like if you don't get steals in the first 20 picks, you're in trouble. I mean, Josh Lowe. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's a good one. I mean, Andre's given us him and his has to be better than what he was last year, but I'm not drafting him. I mean, Robbie Grossman, man, he, he stole some bases last year. You're not getting a 30 steal guy like that. How many guys are even stealing 30 bases this year? Three? Yeah. I mean, if I yeah. gave you Trey, Trey Turner stealing 30 bases and Starling Marte, is there anyone else guaranteed? I mean, with Merrifield, I don't think he's guaranteed. Mondesi, no way. Not guaranteed. He can still 60 if yep. he plays every day. Watch this. They kill our show, and Mondesi now plays 155 games. <laughs> Watch that happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. I know, irony, right? Irony in its finest, right? Because <laughs> we kept ripping Mondesi and Trout. Yeah. And now this year, Trout hits 75 home runs and plays all 162. I mean, I I'll show open. those guys. They didn't know what they were talking about. He's projected, actually, in our projections to lead the majors in steals by 13 with 47 of them. By the way, one who's got 241 at bats, but 17 steals is Vidal Brujan, we mentioned before. I was just going to say that. Jorge Mateo. Jorge Mateo could steal 20 bases easily. Just has to play. You know what? Tyler Wade is going to play every yes. day. Yes. Good call. Nobody's taking him. He's got the speed for 30 steals. I don't think he can get on base enough, but Bruhan for sure. I wrote about Royce Lewis today. I think he could steal a lot of bases midseason. He could play outfield for Minnesota. For Wade, by the way, it is advertised a second base platoon and a straight platoon take the lefty could get the at-bats. I like it. Little Tyler. Remember I said little Tyler Wade on a previous show? He's not little. (laughs) He was the answer to a trivia question from Kyle, I think one of yours, and I couldn't believe that he was. Yeah, I remember that. I just assumed he was little. He's not. So many things, so many ridiculous comments that we have made on this show over the years. I, I just oh, can't yeah. even go back. I still remember the the drop with the with Matthew saying, how do you like Big Gorsey? And I don't even think that was my real answer. I said, he looks like his usual self. Uh, he looks terrible. <laughs> Next. Uh, we'll, we'll spin off on that. More... 30 stolen base guys or 200 inning guys? There's not going to be any 200 inning guys. You just told me there might not be any 30 stolen base guys. I did. I can say whatever I want. What are they going to do? I think it's, I don't think there's going to be any 200 inning guys. Tristan? Really? Yeah, really. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm surprised by that. How many were there last year? Like three? I think, yeah, if that. It's trending in the four. other direction. It was four guys. It was, it was Alcantara, Bueller. Wheeler. Wheeler. Cole. I don't think Cole got to 200, was it? Did he? Or was I Nola? At this point, we should look it up. Um, I think I, it was. I, yeah, you're probably right. I think my Cole. point is, like, why do we assume that, I mean, Wheeler ain't getting there. Wheeler's, think, mean, well, right. Wheeler's pitching. Mean, Wheeler's the five. Wheeler could do it. Wainwright was the fourth last year. Wainwright, yeah, of course. I, I could see Wainwright doing it. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that bold, to be honest with you. I think Trey Turner has to steal 30 bases. I don't think anybody has to pitch 200 innings. And by the way, you're going to see pitcher, pitchers rested in September. You know, when the Yankees have a playoff spot locked but not a bye, 
There's no reason to send Garrett Cole out there for 100 pitches in the third week of September. You know, Wainwright's different. He's retiring. Garrett Cole, you got him for the next six years. So Philadelphia, you think Philadelphia's going to mess with Zach Wheeler if his hamstring hurts and they've already locked up? Please, please, dear Lord, let the Phillies lock up a playoff spot. If they can't do it now, hitting 500 home runs this season, like, when are they going to make the playoffs? They can't do it now. And Davey, the Mariners are making the playoffs. So Phillies mm-hmm. Mariners World Series. I disagree there. Moniac is going to break out. You're you're mocking Mickey. Don't. He is. Then they hit him on the hand. Yes, he probably broke his hand. All right. Um, yes, no 200 inning guys. And that's not a negative thing. Uh, no 20 win guys either. I have three more questions. Ricky wants to know which veteran with question marks you are the most bullish on this season. You Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, or Mr. 200 inning, Mr. Carabell favorite, Adam Wainwright. I love them all. I don't have concerns about any of them. And when I say that, I, I'm realistic that Clayton Kershaw is make, not making 32 starts. But that's okay because he's going to make 25 really, really good ones. I'm not really that concerned about Darvish. He is what he is. He's not going to have a 250 ERA, but he's going to get a lot of strikeouts. There's going to be a lot of 200 strikeout guys. just not a lot of 200 inning guys. Adam Wainwright, I'm all in. I have him everywhere. If he has a bad year, I'm not finishing second in my leagues. I just I went all in on him and Nelson Cruz um, for the fourteenth year in a row. Well, tell me I'm wrong. You know, Nelson Cruz I'm keeps hitting. You know, like why, why, why stop a good thing? Well, eh, you if know, it ain't broke. <laughs> uh, if it ain't, yeah, like we could say that. And your forecaster is fantastic. It has evolved over the years, and it's still still going. That's not being killed. Your forecaster is great, and anybody, and no matter what kind of a fantasy league you play in, or even if you don't play fantasy, you should read this because it's it, great information about just baseball. This has been a baseball show, you know, for, for a decade. It hasn't been like a fantasy baseball show. Maybe that's why it worked, or you know, I, I think it's been a baseball show with a buddies talking baseball, and you know, sometimes we go into the fantasy arena and say what round to take a guy or true, true to trade him for, but it's been a baseball show. That's why it's been popular. Kyle, what else? Chris would like a name game for Josh Lowe in redraft leagues. Mm. 2020 guy, right? I mean, oh, name. remember the name game drops we used to have? Those were fantastic. Well, 2020 guys. Uh, so, and, and, and risk, some risk here. What about, man, could he be the... Cedric Mullins light. Ooh, spicy. It could be Tommy Edmond. I wouldn't like that. I mean, I guess Chisholm. Ch- Chisholm, a 2020 guy who hits for a low batting average. Why, why do we assume that Josh Lowe is going to have a low batting average? Like, he takes walks. He has plate discipline. It's a quick bat, a pull bat. Obviously, it's not the best ballpark. But I, I think the main reason why you project a low average is just minor leaguers come to the majors traditionally they they add about five percent of their k rates and the batting average suffers 20 25 points as a result but I see, I see your point i like the upside illustration here for for low he could do it why why i'm not a, i don't want to assume josh low is a josh low is going to win the rookie of the year over bobby witt and julio rodriguez 28 home runs 22 stolen bases 265 wow, wow. no that's crazy not crazy if you believe it And the last question, the hard-hitting question to end this podcast, comes from Michael. 
He needs definitive ranks forever and ever and beyond. No sidestepping or fence sitting on this question. Eggplant parm, chicken parm, hash browns. Put them in order for the rest of time. <laughs> so we're ranking chicken parm, eggplant parm, and hash browns. I don't feel like you can like, like uh, picking no between my children. How do you? I don't, don't want to hear. I don't well, hear it's not picking between my children because I I like my children, but I don't like eggplant parm. How can you like eggplant parm? I, you know what? That's it. If you like eggplant parm, I'm not doing any more fantasy focus shows with you. This is the last show, Tristan. I've had enough. No more eggplant parm. <laughs> so my rankings would be. Uh, Hash browns one, chicken parm two, wow. eggplant parm number 7,033. You hate eggplant parm. Come on. Well, no, I can't do that. Chicken parm one, hash browns two, and then eggplant parm like 15 million. Um, go ahead. You see how eggplant much parm eggplant parm just dropped? Ask me again in 10 minutes after the show, and I'll tell you eggplant parm. Is, I, don't, I shouldn't hate eggplant parm that much. My wife likes it. It's probably good. It's just it's not my thing. That's all. I'm glad you reversed there because I really thought we were both number one easily as chicken parm on this list. Chicken parm always works almost anywhere anywhere you go. And what I always tell people is that you go to an Italian restaurant, you want to know how good it is, order the chicken parm. If they got it wrong, never eat there again. End of story. Well, is that chicken parm sandwich or chicken parm on a platter with spaghetti? It doesn't make a huge difference. It depends what it is. Usually if it's a pizza-oriented place quicker, I usually go with the sandwich. If it's a restaurant sit-down, get the platter. So um, chicken parm. And then the other two require the quality of how they are made. Eggplant parm made right is definitely two, but hash browns are usually right more often. So I'm going chicken parm, hash browns, eggplant. We finally, after a decade of shows, we finally agree on something. All right. That it that is for the hash browns, I suppose. And uh, I guess it's time for me to speak. All right. Well, I wanted today to be a celebration of our many years together. And I think it was not only Tristan and me, but with you, the listeners, I cannot properly express my thanks for all, all the words of support this week. I, it really took me by surprise. Perhaps it took Monday's announcement for me to realize how many fans of the show we had and how many of you were longtime listeners even before we, we were in involved. So many kind words, so many memories to Kyle Thank you for learning how to produce the show and being a major part. It was not your job. You became awesome at it. What a bright future you have. I cannot wait to see what you achieve. To Tristan, thank you for being my friend. Ultimately, this show was just two friends talking baseball. Like we were sitting in the stands at a game. By the way, Tristan, we need to meet up at a game soon because the season starts today. I think I will miss that the most. Don't be surprised if I call you every Monday and Thursday morning. Your wife will get sick of it. To you, the listeners, thank you for your kind words of support. They mean more than you realize. Some of you don't even play fantasy and you were listening. I, I look bottom line. That's it. Closure. Best of luck this baseball season and beyond. Life is about the journey. We had quite a ride. It's over. Life moves on. Thank you. Peace to all. Have an awesome 2022 baseball season and beyond.